Welcome to the Teach the Geek podcast, where engineer and author Neil Thompson talks with STEM professionals about public speaking, a struggle for many of us. Whether you're a novice public speaker or a proficient one, you can always pick up tips on how to improve. Here's your host, Neil Thompson. Hi, everybody. My name is Neil Thompson. I'm the founder of Teach the Geek. It's an online platform for science and engineering professionals. The first offering of the platform is Teach the Geek to Speak. It's a public speaking course. To learn more about it, you can go to teachthegeek.com. Again, that's teachthegeek.com. As a professional coach, Kanika Tolver gets her greatest joy from helping people realize who they are and where they wish to be. She does this as her work as CEO of Career Rehab LLC. She's also a speaker whose topics include how to make a career change into tech, how to make six figures in tech, and a game plan for African-Americans in the tech industry. She's quite qualified to speak on tech as she has a bachelor's degree in computer technology and a master's in information technology. Welcome to Teach the Geek interview, Nika. Hey, thank you, welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay, so where, <laughs> where exactly did your interest in tech come from? Um, my interest in tech came from, as a young child, I was really interested in the internet, like back in the, back during the dial-up times, um, when we had dial-up internet and we had like AOL Instant Messenger. So I was really infatuated with the idea of like, wow, I can go on the web and I can like surf the internet and I can find out all this good information about stuff. So it was back during that time that I said I wanted to go into college after high school and, and major in computer um, technology. Oh, okay, that, that's pretty interesting. And so, you, I didn't, I know, I never even knew there there was a, a major of of computer technology. I've heard of computer science, computer engineering. How exactly is computer technology different from them? Well, at my school at Bowie State University, they have a computer science department, and they have a specialized um, bachelor's program where you can do um, computer technology with a specialization. So. You can actually specialize in networking, administration, internet technology, database administration, or you could, you know, specialize in um, maybe some things like with the arts, like graphic design. So I decided to go into internet technology, which that's focused around creating, you know, products for the web. So websites at the time was real popular. So internet technology was my specialization. So you don't have to take all those required computer science um, courses you take your core courses in computer science, but your specialized courses is in internet technology. Oh, okay. And I also mentioned from the intro that you, you ended up going and getting your master's as well. What motivated you to go on to do graduate school? Um, I started my graduate program. I didn't finish my graduate degree because my husband had brain surgery at that time, so I had to stop. But I um, started my master's program at UMUC, um, which is University of Maryland University College. So, um, it just was a tough time in my life because I was newly married and I also was having, had a personal like situation with my husband having brain surgery. So um, I didn't finish my degree. Oh. So um, yeah, but I went in for database systems because I was interested in learning how to create database systems at that time. Okay. Any interest in eventually finishing it? Um, probably so. Probably maybe next year I'll go back. Right now, this year, my focus is... Um, you know, writing my, my book and um, continuing to build my speaker platform. So right now, um, I just started a new job. So I don't really have a lot of time this year to probably focus on this. So I have a few more classes left. So it's not, it was an online program. So I definitely think that I probably should finish it out. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. so, you know, I also mentioned, you know, in the intro that you have this business uh, career rehab LLC, but you didn't just start there. You definitely, you certainly had positions before that. And, you know, working as a, as a coach is, is pretty, I think pretty neat. You know, people definitely out here need help and yeah. probably don't know, you know, what, what to do. And so just having somebody to, to speak to, even if, even if it's just as an accountability partner, but even just getting some strategies as to how to move forward is really important. How did the, the job that you had before career rehab help you in, I guess, becoming confident enough to become a coach? Um, you know, people always ask me, when did I decide to become a career coach? So I've been career coaching for the last like four, four, four or five years. And um, being in technology in, in the industry for like 15 years, I just seen a lot of things being on the government side and private sector side. And I just wanted to share my knowledge on how I was able to, you know, make six figures by the age of 27 and how I was able to move up the career ladder. So I just started off writing resumes, honestly. I started helping people with their resumes and they started getting job interviews. And um, then it kind of spiraled into coaching because people start asking me, they had different career problems and issues, kind of kind of spiraled into career coaching. So People come to me for all types of coaching, like salary negotiation. Um, you know, they want to do interview coaching, how to how to deal with certain difficult situations with um, sexual harassment or diversity inclusion problems on the job. So I have dealt with majority of those issues in my career. So I just like sharing, you know, being very transparent. The majority, or I don't say the majority, but the, the clients that you have, are they ongoing clients, or is it kind of a, a one-off thing, kind of like a project, is it, where there's a beginning and an end? Um, so most of my clients, they come to me for uh, maybe about anyway from probably the three-month program is the most popular, where I focus in on helping them land a new job or do a career change. So that requires us to like you know revamp their resume. It requires me to meet with them on a monthly basis and check in with them as they do their job search. And also as they land their job, I'm walking them through the process of salary negotiation, um, how to actually um, apply to the right positions that align with their career brand. And until they get that job offer that they desire, it may range anywhere from three to four months time span. So some people, I just do their resumes, they pay me and then they're on their way because they're kind of like, you know, senior level, in their industry and they don't really need a lot of extensive career coaching. Um, but majority of the people that I work with, we work together for about three months, three to four months. Oh, okay. And the, the people that you work with, how do they typically find you? Um, through KanikaTober.com. A lot of times through social media. I do a lot of social media marketing with um, my clients' successes. So a lot of time it's Instagram, Facebook, and, and LinkedIn. Okay. Excellent. You mentioned that you you're working on a book. Out of curiosity, what's the book about? Well, I just well, this is <laughs> I haven't really told anyone, but I did assign a I did sign a a book deal with Entrepreneur um, Media Press. They actually own Entrepreneur.com. So I'm actually writing a book called Career Rehab, and it's really about restoring and renewing your career. It's really something that's going to be powerful coming out in 2020 where I'm going to be talking about 
um, how it's okay to be in a bad place within your career, but this is how you strategically get to a place where you can move from a job that you hate to a job that you love, or you can move from an industry that is something that you don't want to do anymore and you may want to go into tech. So it's going to be really about helping people rehab where they are right now in their career and building up. So um, I'm excited about the project. I just started meeting with my editor this week and um, that's really what the book is going to be about. It's going to be about teaching people how to network like a hustler, how to brand themselves by dating jobs. We're going to talk about how to, you know, be a corporate rebel with having an authentic career brand. It's just a lot of exclusive stuff going on in the book that I'm excited about. So I never told anyone, you the first to know that this is happening. So, yeah. Oh, wow. I get the exclusive. I mean, that's the only reason I even mentioned it because you mentioned Yeah, because I just signed the publishing deal like a couple of weeks ago. So I plan on doing a formal announcement with a marketing strategy behind it but i just because you asked me i'm gonna tell you so well, yeah it's okay, happening well, well, yeah. well thank you for that hopefully i didn't let the cat out the bag but yeah that, that all sounds no 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 it's okay it's a uh, it's contract already been signed um so I, well, I just started writing the introduction in chapter one this weekend so like i said it won't come out until january 2020 okay wow that, that sounds really interesting that sounds really exciting congratulations thank you so the reason I even know who you are is because you were moderating a panel at the Blacks in Technology Conference last year, last October in, in Minneapolis. And I was there for, for some, most of it. Well, maybe okay. I was there for some of it. I, 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 I got tickets to go to, to Paisley Park. So <laughs> I left early. <laughs> I did, you know, when I, when I first got there, I didn't even know that that was even possible. It was actually at one of the breakfasts, I think the first day. I was sitting with somebody who said they were going to Paisley Park that, or they went to Paisley Park the day before. I was like, wait, you, you can actually do that? So I got on my phone, like, right at the at the breakfast and got a ticket, and I went, I think, the next day. <laughs> oh, was, awesome. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was really cool to see, you know, where Prince lived and all his, all his stuff and all the, all the history. But, so I know, obviously, because you were the moderator of, of this panel, public speaking must be, I will assume, part of, of, your, of your business with career rehab or just, is it just in general, or it? Well, maybe I should ask: Is it is public is public speaking a platform that you use as part of your business? And and if so, how how have you been able to to use it? Um, yeah, I do a lot of public speaking. Uh, I do a lot of public speaking um, with, at colleges. You know, helping you know career um, helping students with mapping out their careers. So I've sp I've spoken at. Uh, Trinity College, um, Bowie State University that I attended, um, some community colleges here. I've also speak at other high schools, like, you know, for different programs that I've assisted with, like, career, career day. And then I've also spoken at government agencies. So I've also spoken at, you know, government agencies with helping with technology. So I am a technologist by heart. That is my field. So I have done tech talks and career coaching talks. But I got the I got the gig with um, Blacks and Technology is because we actually did another podcast show about women in tech getting the pay that they deserve, and they thought that'll be great to moderate. Now that was my first time moderating. I'm usually always on the panel, so being a moderator was different because. I'm always being asked the questions. So I had to do a lot of research, but I think the, the type of um, response that we got back from the panel was amazing. So I think it's a, it's a good fit to be a moderator and a speaker. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I've, I've moderated some panels too. And you're right. There, there definitely is a little more work involved because you have to come up with the questions. You kind of have to keep track of time and you make sure that one person doesn't have really kind of dominate right. the conversation. So, right. So making sure that everybody else that kind of has their, their time to, 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 to speak and all of that. So yeah, there's definitely some, some work involved. I thought at least for the, for the time that I was there before I left, I thought you were doing a great job. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was my very first time, but I think it's, it, made me, it made me understand how important it is for you to um, manage the conversation, too, right? Because you want the conversation to be entertaining to the audience. So you, you can't ask questions that are not good, because then the audience is going to be like, why is she asking these dumb questions? So <laughs> um, I definitely think it's important to be a moderator and a speaker. If you are a speaker, sometimes it's good to moderate. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So you mentioned that you know you do speaking engagements at colleges, high schools, government agencies. How do you go about getting these engagements? A lot of times people reach out to me. Um, I've been blessed that a lot of times people ask, ask me to come speak. Um, then I do pitch myself to speaking engagements as well. So one thing that I do do is I do have a speaker one sheet. I do have a professional bio. I do have an email pitch letter. So anybody out there that is interested in becoming a speaker, I think it's important for you to have a, a pitch letter that you can email to people to see if they're interested in speaking. But I actually do apply to speaking proposals as well, which is a little bit separate where you have to go through the formalized process of, of, of filling out the proposal to see if you're a good fit. What type of organizations or, or, or I guess, entities do you, you pitch to? I, my focus is women in tech um, conferences. I focus on, of course, African-American and tech conferences. I focus on just non-women and non-minority um, conferences as well, like conferences that are open up to everyone. And I also try to focus in on making sure that I utilize my career brand, which is more tech in government, to actually, you know, try to participate in talks within government tech as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great idea. Even just for myself, you know, there's a lot of people out there that you know, I mentioned in my intro that I have this course, Teach the Geek to Speak, and it's geared towards people that work in the science and engineering fields. And the reason I, I even focused on that on that niche is because I'm a part of it. I worked for a number of years in medical devices as a, as a product development engineer, and I noticed wow. that a lot of the engineers, including myself at first, weren't very good at getting up in front of people, decision makers, vendors, customers, whoever it was, and, and right. I'm speaking about what we do. We, we, right. we, just, we're, we weren't good at it at all. And so I, I noticed that in myself and others, and so I, I made it my mission to become a, a, a much better public speaker, and it's made all, all the difference. Having that technical background is great, but if you're not able to communicate it, especially right. decision makers, that could be the difference between a project getting canceled or you know getting approved. So I, I definitely saw the need in it, and I focused on that on that niche specifically. So the fact that you're focusing on you know African Americans in tech or women in tech, just tech in general, I think it's smart. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I think career development is something that is going to be bigger for me as we move forward with the book is working with corporations and organizations that want to um, help their workforce, you know, build, build their brand. Because I think sometimes people look too much at themselves as an employee. And I think I focus on making my, my audience feel like they're a brand. So I think 
as I build this speaking platform for career development, I'll probably be doing a lot more career development talks and career advice talks as well. You know, I think that's an excellent, excellent point in, in people seeing, them, seeing themselves as brands as opposed to just employees, because especially in this day and age, you know, I, I don't know the days of, you know, working for a company for, you know, 40 years and then, you know, getting a pension. And I think, didn't they used to get a, like a gold watch or something like that? <laughs> and then they go off <laughs> into the sunset. Like, I, I didn't know that, that life. At least, at least in, the, in the U.S. and, you know, where you have at-will employment, you could be an employee one day and, you know, an ex-employee the next. <laughs> so it's really right. important to be able to, to brand yourself so that, you know, you're able to, to navigate to, to different jobs and even into different industries. So that's, that's, that's smart that you're, that you're working on that. Yep, yep. So that's, that's, that's what's coming up probably for 2019 and 2020 is that. So Excellent. So you were a moderator at this panel, of this panel that I, I, I attended. You also do speaking engagements at colleges, high schools, and government agencies. Have you always been good at public speaking? And if not, what have you done to get better? I've been doing speaking for, I would say, off and on for about seven years. Um, I don't think that I was always good at it. I think that over time, I found my voice and my niche. Um, the things that I that I really love to do is I love to be have a conversation with the audience versus me just talking to the audience. I think that has helped me build my brand because I'm a very authentic, I try to be an authentic person, I should say, and I try to be very relatable. So that makes me feel extremely comfortable. It calms my nerves. It makes me feel extremely excited about what we're going to be talking about. And I think that's a good tip for those that are new speakers is to find your niche and find your voice and find, find your audience. I know my audience is primarily going to be women in tech, African-American women, and people in tech. So that is extremely important that you do that, is that you know who your key audience is and then you identify what they think that they need to hear. Um, so that's kind of like how I kind of just evolved. I just, I did a lot of free speaking engagements in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's how most people kind of start out when you don't really have any kind of of, of, of I guess experience in, in speaking you do the free stuff first but then you're able to use that those free speeches to be able to say I have experience giving speeches so then that kind of evolves into getting paid speeches but as I, as I think I mentioned earlier I think it's really smart that you that you decided to niche as opposed to being you know I'm all things to all people that's, that's just not a I don't think it's a very winning strategy nope nope and I think you tried it in the beginning because you just don't know as a new speaker you just don't know and talking about tech and talking about STEM and even talking about the things that we talked about as far as like at the Blacks and Technology Conference, I think that that was just naturally easy to me. I'm a woman of color. I can identify with the things that we were talking about as a moderator. So those things really, really helped me feel like the only thing I had to do was do a lot of extensive research on each panelist. And I think that's the hardest part of being a moderator is that you've got to do your research and you want people to feel like, oh, yeah, she's asking me some questions that I never heard before. So I would say if you're on the moderating side, you definitely want to become like, um, you know how you like, you have certain journalists that you follow online. Yeah. You always like them because they always give good interviews. I tried to try to deliver that as much as I could as a moderator. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely good advice. When it comes to developing and, and giving speeches, do you have a process for doing that? And if so, what is it? My process for giving speeches is to pretty much build an outline first. So number one, I would say is build an outline, stick, stick to about maybe three to four speaking points, you know, because people in this age, they just don't want to feel lost in the message. So I try to build that outline and I say, you know, these are the four tips, four steps. These are the ABC, one, two, three, four. And I try to stick to those speaking points. Um, number two, I try to also make the conversation as a speaker very engaging. Um, I want people to feel, feel my energy. I want to feel vibrant. I want to feel like that they're excited about what I'm talking about. And then number three, number, I would say another tip will probably be to make sure that you provide an opportunity for people to ask you questions. You know, sometimes people run out of time and they speak too long and then people don't have enough time to ask a question. That is my biggest pet peeve for, for public speakers in general. I, it, 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 just to just think about it, making me mad. So last year I went to this conference. It was a one day conference and there were about 20 speakers, but each speaker is supposed to speak about five minutes. And I, I'd say more than half of them went over time. And yeah. I know that because I, I started timing them. And, and I also knew that because a lot of them were speaking around lunchtime and I was starting to get kind of hangry because, <laughs> because, because they're, they're keeping me from lunch. So, <laughs> but it's so important when you, when you are giving a speech, as you mentioned, with developing an outline, three to four points maximum, because you know, people can't take in that much more or they'll just start, stop paying attention. And, right. and, you know, it's like, man, when it comes to public speaking, really stay within the time. It's, it's so easy to do if you just practice beforehand and give yeah. yourself maybe like a minute or so buffer. So if you finish early, like no one's ever been mad that a speech finished early. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, I actually practice. I rehearse here at home um, with my husband. I set my timer on my cell phone. And if I know that I'm giving five minutes, I'm trying to like get it, under, get it to four and then maybe have a minute of questions. But yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's actually inform that's advice that I actually gave in the course. So it's great that we have the we're we're on the same page there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you gave up you gave quite a number of great tips, and you say the I guess the the way that you calm your nerves is trying to be authentic and, and relatable. I know for myself, even anytime I I give a speech, I was there's always a bit of nerves there, and I think that that's normal and not, not something to really shy away from. I've always thought that having nerves before you give a speech means that you actually care about what you're talking about. So if, if, you don't, if, you're, if you're not nervous at all before you're, you're, you're giving a speech, you don't really care what the people are going to get from what you're talking about. I mean, you probably don't even care about what you're talking about either. But besides being authentic and relatable and, and, and trying to calm your nerves, is there any other tips you would have for people that get nervous before speaking? Um... Cause I'm not a hundred percent like a super nervous person. I'm kind of fearless. I'm kind of like, I just, I'm a, I feel like I'm a little star. I'm a little rock star sometimes. Um, but when I have to speak to bigger audiences as the audience get bigger and bigger and bigger, cause you know, as you a new speaker, sometimes you speak into a little bit of people. Then sometimes you're speaking to a big con a, a big auditorium of people. And then sometimes you're speaking to like a whole like congregation of people, maybe at a church. Right. I would say for me, this is my ritual. I have my own like free speaking rituals. Oh, okay. 
Um, so I think it's important for you to develop your own speaking rituals. Like, you know, you see how artists, they say a singer or a celebrity, they say they do this before they go on stage or they do yeah. this before they, they have to go out on a, on a set. My ritual is music, getting dressed. So I try to listen to like any type of hip hop music like that's going to make me feel like, yeah, I'm pumped, like I'm excited, you know, like some hip hop music. Um, I do drink a Red Bull before I go. Okay. It's just for me to feel like I'm not tired. I'm not, I'm ready to give you exactly what you came for or a cup of coffee, whatever, you know, whatever your thing is. Um, and my husband's usually with me. So he's always there like reinforcing like, yeah, you got this. You a star. You got this. I would say bring a cheerleader with you. Those are, those are excellent. Those are excellent. Uh, that's excellent advice. I know for myself, my ritual tends to be, you know, in addition to, you know, deep breathing to kind of calm your nerves, I also tend to, to walk around the, the, the speaking oh, okay. the area where the, the, where the event's being held, just walking up and down the aisles to try to kind of dissipate any of that nervous energy. I find it kind of helpful too. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I think I should try that one time because I know I'm always getting there and I think it's so important that you don't be rushing and you don't just have to just jump on stage. So that's another good tip is like always prepare in advance. I try to get there 30 minutes to an hour in advance just for any mishaps with technology. If you're giving a presentation, just always try to get there in advance so you can set up. Like at Black, at the big conference, you know, I had to bring my laptop. I had to make sure the right adapter was with me. I had to bring all these different things that they didn't have. So I just think that's another good tip is be prepared for mishaps of technology. Oh yeah, for sure. It, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. That does tend to happen at conferences, doesn't it? Like, you know, you have this certain computer and then they don't have the adapter for that computer. So like, you have to, you know, do all yeah. this, all this kind of stuff to, to, to make it happen. So yeah, definitely be prepared is, is, uh, is, is important. So yeah. is, is there anything else that you want the people to know regarding anything that you're working on? Um, I think that they should definitely continue to follow me on Twitter because I do a lot of things on Twitter as well. We didn't talk about Twitter, um, but I think what I what you can you can what you can think the things that you can get from me in 2019 is I am going to be providing a more adding value to the career setbacks that people have in tech. Um, how to you know how to land a job without a without career experience in tech, or how to land a job in tech without a college degree. Um, I am trying to add more value and I'm not trying to give watered down advice this year. So you can expect me if you are in tech or you are seeking to do any type of career changes or career, you know, if you're trying to be promoted, I'm going to be trying to be providing you some sound advice. I do blog on KanikaTover.com. So I do drop a monthly blog. I will be dropping a monthly YouTube video. This month's video was how to um, rebrand your resume for a tech position. Um, next month, I think I'm going to be talking about how to land a tech job with no professional experience. So I'm trying to get into like, what are people saying I have a problem with? And I'm trying to provide the solution, right? Because people, people have people in tech or just people that um, want to be a speaker. I think I'm going to actually be releasing something about, I was talking to one of my friends, Minda Hart, about 
teaching people how to pitch themselves for podcast interviews and speaking engagements. I'm going to be sharing my personal tips this year so other speakers can learn from what, I, what has worked for me as well. Excellent. So besides going to, to KanikaTolver.com, is there uh, any other way that people can get in touch with you? Um, you can definitely follow me on Instagram at KanikaTolver. Okay. You can follow me at Twitter on, at, at KanikaTolver. You can follow me on LinkedIn at Kanika Tover. And you can also follow me on Facebook. I have a Facebook fan page, um, Kanika Tover. And, um, you know, you can also follow, follow. we're going to be launching the Career Rehab platform this year, later on this year. So Career Rehab um, is on Instagram as well. Excellent. Well, uh, that marks the end of another e uh, episode of Teach the Geek Interviews. Again, my name is Neil Thompson. I'm the founder of Teach the Geek. It's an online platform for science and engineering professionals. The first offering is a public speaking course, and it's called Teach the Geek to Speak. To learn more about it, you can go to teachthegeek.com. Again, that's teachthegeek.com. Until next time, take care, everyone. <laughs>